Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Gabe. I'm Kelly. I'm Elena. It's been a minute. Sure has. I mean, with actual human beings, I guess. Yes. <laughs> I mean, not that other people aren't actual human beings, but like we haven't done one with like us sitting down recording for a minute. For like a friggin' month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out, guys, things aren't going well. <laughs> so settle in. Yes. Shit's in the fan. Hey, you can't say that. Yeah, you know. We'll do a radio edit. Okay. How we feel. Yeah. Yes. Um... So last we sat down, uh, we just seen the Senate hear sponsor testimony on the six-week ban. Yes. Uh, so for for those who are lo- new listeners, lunisling, lunisners, um, this is the, this is the plan long time by Republicans in Ohio to effectively end all abortion access. They're not even really content with that because there's still bills coming down the pike, despite this one being the first one that will probably be passed and signed. Right. So they're just like, we're not done. We still got stuff to do after that. They they fundraise think. off of all of these. So. Yeah, I don't. I mean, that will be a nice thing to take away from them is the fundraising revenue. I mean, it it would be if they stopped with stuff, but they're not stopping. And they get never cash stop, for all never of stopping. These. It's, it's like they have nothing else to do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, why would you want to take care of the state and make it better to live in? You know, uh, there are so many other things that the entire anti-abortion movement in Ohio could be doing, just to echo your point, Elena. I mean, you know, DeWine stood up there and gave a state of the state speech and again talked about how Republicans are going to fight Ohio's infant mortality uh, problem. And they don't come forward with actual solutions, you know, few from the Republican members and nothing, absolutely nothing from these right to life groups. Do you think that, I mean, I need to actually look at the stats, but it seems like the states that are in like the bottom of the list for infant and maternal mortality are the ones that are introducing and passing these uh, six week bans. Cause Georgia just passed one and they're like, num- they're the last in the country for infant and mater- maternal mortality. So, I mean, Tennessee, Kentucky, us, Missouri, Mississippi. Between us, yeah. between here and Florida, can you avoid it? No, not really. No, hmm. i I think that I think the biggest factor there, you know, uh, having abortion access is an important part of fighting infant mortality. You know, it's part of a full range of reproductive health care options. Blah blah blah. Babies by love, not law. Right. Imagine that. <laughs> uh, I I think the other part of it is. The state legislatures that love abortion bans love them sometimes because they just hate abortion, but the other members of their Republican caucuses love them because they do, you know, enrage their base and keep them in power, which lets them push forward economic policies that... Are also detrimental to the state. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and, and, and hurt poor women. Uh, and that's a you know a contributing factor, and you know they're frequently racist, and so that's a contributing factor. And white so white supremacy at work. <laughs> it's just con, you know it's it's conservative government 
all different areas of it working together to screw over women who, you know, are the ones who lose infants in the first year of, uh, of infancy or die in childbirth disproportionately. Yeah. And specifically communities of color. You look at Not it. specifically black women. <laughs> yes. Right. So. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So Christina Regner just bringing out that bird metaphor again. <laughs> And again. And yeah. again. Third time's a charm. Girl. No, really. <laughs> Does anyone else want to send a treatise to uh, Senator Regner on like the habits of birds? I mean, they're, <laughs> they're, they're raptors. They uh, aren't particularly kind to their own young. So for anyone who hasn't listened to us before, Christina Regner has done this uh, bird metaphor for three times now, talking about coming across a bald eagle's nest and picking up one of the eggs and then smashing against the rock. And that's... That's what abortion is. But I don't know. Weirdly enough, it's... I, bald eagles eat their young is really all I can say. <laughs> they, they destroy their own eggs. It's a terrible metaphor. It's a really bad metaphor. To hear her say three times. Yeah. I, it's just like this under... It's like this undercurrent of jingoism and patriotism that's really unsettling. And I don't, I don't follow her logic. But then again, I never will. Right. Because there is no logic. Right. Uh, yeah, that's that's the sort of now we're in the house. Yeah, uh, pass th- out of the Senate. <clears throat> that's the sort of terrible metaphor that we've been hearing for the past eight years. Um, the bird one is relatively <laughs> just sort of oddball, <laughs> and you can call it harmless. I mean, she has terrible intentions that are going to do real damage to people, but the bird metaphor itself is <laughs> harmless. I'm just really so sick and tired of people comparing. You know, abortion to me is a woman walking into a doctor's office and she walks in pregnant and says to the doctor, hey, make me not pregnant, and then she leaves not pregnant. It's just a visit to a doctor's office. And so these metaphors of, oh, it's like slavery and it's like the Holocaust. It's like guns. Here's this relevant quote from (laughs) Martin Luther King. No, it's not a relevant quote. And here's this comparison to Moses. (laughs) Moses doesn't have anything to do with this. The yeah. medical procedure. <laughs> oh, I'm just so sick of the crazy town train of people stepping up, you know. It, and and in the Senate, we saw um, you you have to give them credit. They actually brought medical professionals uh, forward for the like the very first time. It's taken them eight years to recruit doctors and nurses <laughs> to testify on their side of this bill. But those doctors and nurses, their testimony was the breath of God enters the so-and-so and the, you know, it, it was all the hand of God, the breath of God. I'm like, you're the medical professional. Tell us your medical opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got this pediatrician stepping up and he's giving his testimony. He's not an OBGYN. He's never performed an abortion. This has nothing to do with the actual bill that's being brought forward. So I'm just really sick and tired of these people who think that their own personal and frequently religious beliefs are a great reason to remove abortion access. And that's what we got. Sorry, I'm thinking about dinosaurs still. <laughs> I saw an article that said dinosaurs probably didn't roar. They honked like geese. <laughs> so that's just been... They honked like geese? <laughs> telling me a tyrannosaurus is just like, honk, honk. 
my god. Sorry. <laughs> Start honking. Yeah, it's been there. a long few weeks. <laughs> it really has. Sorry, Kelly. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, so we heard their side. We heard the crazy town. Um, we heard our side. We had actual medical professionals who would be impacted by this bill. Real OBGYNs who said, don't do this. this. I mean, they were also also doctors. The the American College of Pro-Life Gynecologists is something that actually exists. Really? Now, it's not something it's not it's not a directory I would ever seek care from, but it is something that does exist. Right. Um, so uh, our office testified. Elena, you testified. Um, and, and, uh, also, um, we can, we can mention here, you, you hosted a whole event. How was your event? Yeah. So, you know, I work with the Ohio Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice. So we're all about uh, speaking out against these bills, like the six weeks ban, um, because a lot of it's like rooted in religious rhetoric that just absolutely is, um, you know, not in line with the majority of people of faith and across the political spectrum who want access to abortion care. And so, of course, uh, we testified um, on behalf of Ohioans who think this bill is out of touch with their values and their morality. And we ended up um, actually going to Worcester, uh, which is part of Senator Rogner's gerrymandered district. And uh, we wanted to show up in her turf and let her know that uh, Ohioans deserve it better. Like, this bill is absolutely unconstitutional. It's extreme. Uh, people of faith, people of non-faith oppose it. Um, and it's going to cost uh, Ohio taxpayers thousands upon thousands of dollars. And so, um, you know, it's moving. It's moved forward in the House, but we're going to continue to show up uh, wherever because uh, people need to know how bad this bill is and that um, we don't want it or need it. Like, people are more than capable of making their own medical decisions. Right. I mean, this bill has also already been stopped in Kentucky. And, yeah. Sorry, it's already passed, and then it's been stopped. Mm-hmm. by the, Like, there's a temporary injunction against it in, yes. in Kentucky, which is also in the same district court we're in, so. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where the bill sponsors, Regner has said this uh, herself, you know, that... They know that they're going to get blocked by uh, the the first round of courts, but they're okay with Ohio spending money to move this bill forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why events in in Regner's district, um, we'd never done that before. You're you're the pioneer Ooh. in uh, this tactic. <laughs> uh, that district meeting, and you got press on it. So oh, yes. you know, successful uh, <laughs> successful event. So <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we had Nero there, of course. And some of your volunteers, as well as Planned Parenthood and the UUs showed up. Those are Unitarian Universalists. and They usually do. Yes, they're phenomenal. But yeah, it just goes to show um, how many people are opposed to this bill. And we can do better. Like, Heinz deserve better. We could use this money on child care and <laughs> insurance and all the things that actually impact people's lives. Right. We'll put a link to that article in the, uh, in the show notes. Cool. Um, okay, so then after the round of hearings, it went to the floor. It did pass in the Senate floor, um, 19 to 13. Yep, 14, um, 13, 13. Uh, so that's, uh, that's not a party line vote. There was... Um, Four Republicans defected from yes. the party. <laughs> uh, I think they were the same members that we saw during the lame duck period in December. So it wasn't like a... You know, it wasn't a surprise. It's good to see that. Um, these aren't 
somehow pro-choice Republicans. They are anti-abortion members. Um, they just also think this bill goes too far. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it has no exceptions for rape or incest and inadequate protections for the health of a woman. Like, right. People don't want this. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nathan Manning, Stephanie Kunze, um, John Eklund, and one other whose name escapes me. Um, Eklund stood up specifically and said, you know, and I mean, this is a guy who basically has an F rating from us. He, <laughs> you know, He's not our friend. No. Um, but he said this, this doesn't have exceptions. You know, like you said, Elena, he specifically pointed to um, the, uh, and, and this has been a point of debate in the committee hearings of if a woman's life is threatened, exactly how does this tie the hands of doctors? It makes it now a fourth degree felony. It started out as a fifth degree felony. It got worse. Uh, it got a, a more severe level of punishment. How does this tie the hands of doctors and threaten them you know, with with a felony charge mm-hmm. if they help a woman who's suffering from medical complications. And he said this bill does not have enough of a protection for that pregnant woman who's in need of emergency medical care. And so he voted against the bill. There's an article I've read about that recently called <clears throat> Not Dead Enough, <clears throat> where, like, doctors will refuse until, like, the patient is actively dying. So they, they won't intervene if it's, like, likely that they're going to die, but, like, once they are septic, it's fine, and they can they can intervene. But like at that point, it's almost like fry gone, right? So yeah, yeah. There, there's no medical magic wand out there. Mm-mm. If you're dying, <clears throat> we can't just say, "Oh, well, now we've got new care, so you won't be dying anymore." You're still suffering from some really terrible stuff, even if you live. We need doctors to be able to intervene as soon as they understand that intervention is necessary, and not to have to like wait for some sort of you know legal line to be crossed because that's not in the patient's best interest. Uh, So that was the Senate vote. Um, Also in that Senate session, there was a resolution that was brought up. It was a terrible resolution. We opposed it. Um, It basically is um, backing up a bill that's in Congress uh, from Senator Ben Sass. Um, Sassy? Yeah, whatever his name is, uh, Sassy Pants. Um, he Sparilla. Uh, he's got this. Uh, he's got this bill um, that that makes claims of infanticide, which is a terrible word and not at all, uh, you know, truthful. It's just he's basically taking a lie and putting it into law form. Um, we spoke out against this. Kelly Copeland said, this resolution is clearly part of an orchestrated nationwide campaign by anti-choice elected officials and organizations from President Trump to the Ohio legislature, all trying to demonize abortion providers and their supporters. So Jamie spoke uh, against the resolution. It went to the floor. Um, it's, it's a terrible resolution. It's a terrible bill. Everybody should be opposed to this. It spreads lies and misinformation. It's basically a bill and resolution that condemns parents having the option of comfort care for terminally ill pre- pregnancies. Right. And that's, that's, that's awful. That's wrong. <laughs> right. Mm. And, and that's not the, that, that's the effect of it. Yeah. But the intention is to make abortion providers seem like monsters, um, to to vilify them and, you know, exploit the care that they're providing. um, And to incite violence against them. Yeah. 
And and just it's it's a terrible thing. And none none of the members of the Ohio legislature should be in support of this. Um, we should note that it passed unanimously. The Senate Democrats joined the Republicans. This was the wrong move on their part. Yeah, we're disappointed. Yeah. I mean, we strongly disagree with them taking the stance. Um, and so, you know, we're speaking out in opposition to their vote, uh, to the resolution, uh, and to the six-week ban, which then they voted uh, voted for immediately following that. So terrible day that day. <laughs> yeah. Have we had a good day at the State House? Like, I'll ever? let you know when that happens. Um, All right. <laughs> Uh, And so the resolution stays in the Senate. It was just a Senate resolution. Um, The bill, however, because bills go to both chambers, is now over in the House. So Tuesday of this week, right? Probably. Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. This week was proponent and sponsor testimony. Right. Which was back to to the Mm. (laughs) original group of crazy people testifying in support of a bill. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, have, I, don't think, I don't have anything pithy to say. I'm tired of it. <laughs> the dispatch noted that the testimony had such amazing points of, what if LeBron James had been aborted? <laughs> Has anyone asked LeBron, LeBron James? LeBron. I feel like he's very much a talking point among antis. They're just like, LeBron! I was like, what? Yeah. That... Not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird, because I was under the impression that LeBron had already been born. And actually grown up. He's an adult man. <laughs> Right. Yeah. That that was the highlight of the proponent testimony in support of removing all abortion access of what if LeBron had never been born. I just, have they ever taken a philosophy class is what I want to know. I know the answer is not, but what the hell? Right. Uh, So that bill continues to move forward. Um, we're going to get a chance next week, we assume, uh, to testify against this. Yes. So if you're interested in testifying against this bill, you can email me, K-E-L-L-E-Y-F as in Freeman, uh, at ProChoiceOhio.org. I'm happy to set you up with like the talking points you might need, um, the witness slip, and all that fun stuff. You don't actually need to do that, but I'm happy to walk you through it. Yes. Right. And it's our last time to testify. Yeah, if you want to testify, like this is, this is the last <laughs> chance. It's going to pass. Right. Uh, so today's Thursday, March 21st. Yes. Um, Anticipating hearing on the 26th. Right. And so testimony has to be like a written copy of testimony is turned into the day before. Mm-hmm. So if you are listening to this before March 25th, get a hold <laughs> of us right now. And if you're listening to this afterwards, <laughs> thank you, but you're too late. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll go through next week, another round of Kuni hearings. So, and that's only on Tuesday. Who knows what Wednesday brings? Right. As soon as that house committee, uh, hears opponent testimony, they could schedule a committee vote the day after that they could schedule a house floor vote. So this thing might be finished, uh, next late week. next week, the week after that, we don't know. Also next Wednesday, we are anticipating opponent testimony for Senate bill twenty. 20- <coughs> Seven this year. Right. It was 28 last year, and that's very confusing. Right. This is the fetal tissue disposal bill, which requires um, products of conception after an abortion to either be interred or cremated, which is ridiculous. But instead of just using the standard medical practices that all medical providers across the country use that the state in of a Ohio safe uses. and responsible manner, mm. 
Yeah. No, no, we need special rules that are not much for more miscarriages, expensive. only for yeah. abortion providers. Correct. It's yet another way that they stigmatize abortion and make and it inaccessible because it's going to be entirely too expensive. Have you guys ever play, paid for a funeral? It's very expensive. It, to cremate something is very expensive. Yes. Um, so yeah, we'll hear more testimony of that bill. We'll also probably hear another round on, uh, the misinformation of Niraj Antani, um, <laughs> which we didn't put in the agenda here. We should totally talk about. I don't want to read that book. <laughs> <laughs> Rep, Kelly's uh, a nemesis here. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know who I am. <laughs> Representative Antani, uh, of Dayton has a bill, uh, that would force schools and restaurants and everyone else who has any sort of a public restroom to put signs shaming people who get abortions and letting them know that adoption is always an option. They want to put this in every restroom, basically in the state. So if you go to the Outback Steakhouse and go to pee, you'll be (laughs) looking at this poster shaming you for ever thinking about abortion. I think it's really interesting that this poster could potentially be under like domestic violence resources that are often in bathrooms. They're not required to be in bathrooms, but people put them up there because that's where it's easiest for some people who are in that situation to find it. So it's just like, oh, here's a resources to help you. And then here's a resource to shame you. Right. It's mixed messages. <laughs> At a cost of a half million dollars a year for the state of Ohio. This Ooh, is Naraj's great good. idea. Yeah. I mean, this is also like that. So that's House Bill 90. Yes. And then there's also House Bill 88 that is introduced by Naraj Antani. That is the Forum Act is what it's called. It's The Forum stands for something, but it's basically like free speech and name only um, where like conservative students um, have more free speech than other students on campuses like and can't. They're like they they outlaw the heckler's veto, so like you can't counter protest an anti choice group that comes to your college if this bill passes. This is the Charlottesville Protection Act. Pretty much. Oh that if, <laughs> if I get to, if I get to name this bill, yeah, that's that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So just find people on both sides. I, why would you outlaw a heckler's veto? That's like that's that's doing the opposite of what you say you're doing. God, just terrible ideas. So. Hopefully that'll never go anywhere, but that's also a bill that's been introduced. I'm very excited to ever offer opponent testimony if it comes up that far. Right. So just all kinds of fun bills happening in the Ohio State House. Yes. Um, Okay, so those are bills under consideration. We also saw several things from bills that have already been passed. Um, Jennifer Branch is uh, the attorney representing several clinics. She was in court uh, in Dayton to defend Women's Med Center against last Tuesday, uh, two Tuesdays Tuesday. ago, um, <laughs> against the medically unnecessary transfer agreement requirement that John Kasich put in place to try and close clinics. This is the same fight we had in Toledo. Same fight we had in Toledo, different clinic. Yes. Um, that so would make sense because they've. Uh, they've been uh, open through uh, a variance uh, with some doctors there, but the state is continuing to put pressure to try and close them. There's no medical reason for the state to try and close this trusted health care provider of Dayton. Turns out if you have uh, an emergency and you go to a hospital, they have to take care of you. It doesn't matter if it's five miles or 30 miles. It's just whatever hospital is closest. <laughs> right. So uh, the legal team is continuing to protect that clinic. Um, we were really disgusted to learn that Planned Parenthood lost their case uh, on defunding. Yes. 
Um, so again, another bill by John Kasich. Um, this one blocks Planned Parenthood from accessing funds for uh, infertility protection, infant mortality reduction, sex education for teens in juvenile justice and foster care, breast and cervical cancer screenings, minority HIV AIDS testing, and one other. I got five out of six. That so was pretty good. So that's, that's a Title Ten funding, right? Yeah. No, it, this is different than Title Ten funding. Oh, okay, they're, great. They're fighting that fight separately. Okay. Um, oh, this was that. this was basically the plan to give John Kasich a boost with um, presidential voters in South Carolina when he went through the GOP primary process to try and be president. And he was like, "Well, I need a boost. Let's defund Planned Parenthood." And that was their plan to go after. Minority HIV AIDS Ow. testing. Cool. No ah. part of that touches abortion because state funds aren't used for abortion. Federal be. funds aren't but, used for you know mm-hmm. this. This was their plan. So um, that mm. case went to the Sixth Circuit, um, and they know that there are conservative judges in the Sixth Circuit. They called for an on bunk, and they lost there. I think I read about the Sixth Circuit recently and that 24 out of 25 of their decisions had been overturned by the Supreme Court, the ones that had gone to the Supreme Court. So if you want to talk about activist judges, let's take a look at the Sixth Circuit. Right. They have a growing number of Trump appointees, too. So, um, you know, elections have consequences. This is one of them. Um, We can no longer rely on the courts to be an adequate backstop to protect reproductive health care. Great. Uh, the abortion method ban. Yeah, that goes into effect tomorrow. Assuming we don't get an injunction. First. Assuming we don't get an injunction. We have not heard anything about getting an injunction yet. Right. Uh, so tomorrow that goes into, uh, if, you, if a bill is passed, it usually goes into effect within 90 days. Tomorrow will be 90 days since the method ban was signed by John Kasich this last lame duck session. Mm-hmm. What is the method ban? I'm the only one who's worked in a clinic. (laughs) Terrible idea. (laughs) Well, it would ban a second trimester. It bans the (laughs) D&E procedure, um, (laughs) which is usually used in second trimester procedures, later second trimester procedures, so usually after 15 weeks or so, (laughs) um, which we've seen a lot of patients go into those later term procedures because of all of these um, restrictions that have been put in place so, like, people who could have gotten care at 10 weeks are now getting care at 15 weeks because of the 24-hour waiting period and the fetal heart detection f- paperwork they have to fill out and, like, the, because they can't get money together for a 10-week procedure, so they have to wait. And then, oh, wait, it's much more expensive at 15 weeks or at, at 13 weeks, and it gets more expensive from... Anyway, this sucks. <laughs> yes. Very much so. Um, again, there's another legal team in place. They are working to get an injunction to stop this from being put into effect. Um, if we get that, then this procedure will still be available across the state of Ohio as it works through the court system. And there are no time limits on injunctions, so it's already been argued to have an injunction, but like right. they could just give the answer to that whenever. So it could be tomorrow. It could be three months from now. We have no idea. Right. Yes. This just becomes yet another one of these restrictions. Ohio already has several of them. The Down syndrome abortion ban is one of them. Um, 20 week ban. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking at legal battles for all of these um, and they're being mixed in with other states. You mentioned Kentucky, uh, Mississippi today, uh, the governor is signing their six week ban 
Um, Tennessee is considering one. Florida is considering one. Missouri is considering one. Georgia's House has passed it. Yes, Georgia's mm-hmm. moving it along. And so, you know, we're gradually um, marching towards this inevitable date when one or more of these are going to get to the U.S. Supreme Court and we're going to get yet another round of guidance from them on what sort of restrictions and bans are permissible and what aren't. We think that all of these are terrible, harmful, and should be blocked. All of the restrictions have moved some of our patients out of state because they can't access it in Ohio, and this ban just means that more people are seeking care outside out of the state. Right. So we're sending folks to Michigan and Pennsylvania and wherever else we can. Right. So, and, and you know, meanwhile, each one of these also continues to stigmatize the procedure, uh, which makes the fight that much harder. So, you know, eventually we're going to get to a point, it's, it's going to be a turning point, just like what happened with uh, the fight for marriage equality. And so many states will abandon so many things. And eventually people across this country are going to look around, see the negative effects and say, hey, wait a minute, this is way too much. And there will be a cultural change. It's just how... How soon can we get there? You know what the weirdest testimony for me is during the six-week ban hearings is the guys who are like, well, if we have all these babies, that means we're going to have cribs and the economy will be better and we'll have more congressional seats because there'll be 20,000 more people a year. And that's fucking weird. Yeah. (laughs) That is the weirdest way to think about something I have ever had to deal with. Right. I don't like it. They they want more people, but not if they come across the border. Figure. Cool. No, they're outrageous, but I'm loving what the Georgia House has done in response to their six-week uh, ban passing. Uh, four female legislators have oh, passed yeah. a bill saying that they've, you know, they've they have introduced to report. It. Introduced, yes. That, that they, the testicular to, Bill of Rights. You know, so you have to report if you ejaculate, which is a way to <laughs> protect sperm, right? Like, that's what we're talking about here. Like, and we want to... <laughs> every sperm is sacred. <laughs> Say all this stuff matters, then let's put it on the men as well. Onan's Law. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, with all of this, we're continuing to fight back. Um, Kelly already mentioned if you want to testify on these. Um, when the bill gets to the House, um, we're going to be uh, speaking up. Uh, there'll be press events around that. Um, if you want to stay up to date with all the latest, anytime anything pops up, we put it on our Facebook events page. Um, so if we want to pack the House, please come join us the day of the floor vote. Right. Um, and then if you can't make it to that, the best thing to do is to come to Advocacy Day. Tell us about Advocacy Day. Advocacy Day is the Freedom of Choice Ohio's annual lobby day. Um, it's going to be April 10th this year, which is incidentally the same date it was last year. <laughs> so that's a Wednesday. Um, it's uh, Urge, our friends, uh, Unite for Reproductive and Gender Equity, are going to be taking the lead um, or are taking the lead on planning uh, Advocacy Day this year. So if you want to get some training on how to talk to your legislators uh, and then actually go and talk to your legislators, come hang out. It will probably be fun. I'm very tired. <laughs> Nothing's fun. Yeah. <laughs> It, it might come after the... Yeah, it might come after the bill. vote, or it might be the day of the vote. We don't know. That's, that's the fun thing about the legislators. We don't know! Right. <laughs> they don't let us know. Right. We'll find out tomorrow if Tuesday's hearing, if the hearing is Tuesday, and if the committee vote is scheduled. And if the committee vote is scheduled, it could pass out of the House as soon as next Wednesday. Right. 
Keep an eye on our Facebook page. Please. Um, so other events that are happening, uh, March 24th up in Stowe is Pro-Choice Pups. Um, if you uh, get tickets, you can go bring your dog to the Double Dog Daycare uh, Sunday, March 24th at 1 p.m. Hang out with a bunch of Pro-Choice dog people. Yes. Don't, uh, don't get bitten. Pam, uh, <laughs> Pam in her <laughs> office is very excited to have that event happen. They have cool swag. Yeah. Um, then, uh, on April 4th, there's the Dayton pro-choice happy hour. Uh, it's at the trolley stop Thursday, April 4th, 6 PM. This is actually round two. We're trying to actually get reproductive health happy hour up and going in Dayton. So we'd really love for people to come out and hang out. Um, on April 6th, some friends of ours are doing a bring the chaos to the fake clinics. This is a anti CPC protest Saturday, April 6th, 9 AM. Uh, on East Broad. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, there's actually a couple of events that are also not on the calendar yet. On April 16th, we're going to have Dayton Stands Up for Choice. So the Stand Up for Choice that you've come to know and love in Columbus is coming to Dayton, and I'm really excited about that. You stand-up comedy? Yeah, stand-up comedy, making jokes, because we need to laugh so we don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and then April 11th is the next Columbus Reproductive Health Happy Hour, and that'll be at Growl in Clintonville, and funds will be going to Women Have Options that month. Okay. And then April 27th is the Women Have Options Bowlathon. Yeah. Uh, you need to join a team to attend. You can join my team, Womb Tang Clan. <laughs> 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 okay. The Rizza, the Gizza. Okay. <laughs> okay. And we'll, uh, we'll do another show and let you know how shit went uh, next week. So, how, how shit went? Yes. yes. How shit went. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's going to be bad. (laughs) Okay, see you next week. Bye. (laughs)